Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 61 of the Hardly Millennial Podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of... Opinions. Opinions, ladies and gentlemen. Across from me today is the fantastic Thomas Hansen, my hello. little brother, visiting us from Las Vegas. Yep. All the way from Las Vegas. All the way from Las Vegas. And today's just going to be a two-man podcast. It's just going to be Thomas and I today. And uh, without further ado, let's get started. Well, actually, before we go any further than that, um, I did have to make the podcast mobile again. So some of you guys might be hearing some echo happening in the room. Uh, I do apologize for that. Uh, It's just just the way things have to be today. So uh, without further ado... Let us begin. Hello, Thomas. Hello, Adam. How are you? I'm very good. Did you hear what NASA did today? What did NASA do today? They released the first ever picture of a black hole. Oh, I did see that. Did no, I saw that on Facebook. Uh-huh. I, I thought it was really cool. Um, I didn't get around to like reading the article extensively on it. I saw a picture of the girl who was like responsible for the algorithm that made it possible to take the picture. But you haven't but seen the picture yet? I saw the picture. Oh, you did yeah, see yeah, the picture. Yeah, yeah, I saw it with like the... I, I was really interested to see just the the admittance of light around it. I thought a black hole you couldn't really even get a picture of because it's just this black mass. Well... That's what I always thought. Well, typically... Well, if there was nothing surrounding the black hole i believe that's exactly what it would be because before this picture we actually did catch video of a black hole i it was i think i remember that floating around so it was it was a very it was like it was basically like two seconds that were just like played on repeat yeah but the whole thing of it was the only way we were able to 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 detect that the black hole was there is because black holes shoot out on oh, a camera. There's a word, name for it. I just can't remember what it's called. But they basically shoot out light mm-hmm. from both sides, right? There's a reason why they do that. I can't remember what it is. But so we didn't get a picture of the black hole. We got a picture of this, the these plasma rays, these rays of light being in, ejected from nothing, so and that's okay. so and that's how we were able to be like, oh, that must be a black hole. Mm-hmm. So, but the only reason why you're able to see this one is because there is light surrounding it, and there's light being sucked into it. So that's why you're able to see the black spot that's in the middle, which is the black hole. Yeah. But like you know how like the black hole looked in the movie Interstellar. Yeah, it was it was like warping the space around it, and well, they had they actually had an astrophysicist on set, Kip Thorn, Kip Thorne, uh-huh. and he even said like that's probably the most uh, accurate depiction. Okay. Of like what a black hole would look no, like. That's really cool. So and that's kind of what you pretty much what you get from the picture too. Mm-hmm. You just see the black hole and then you see all the light around it that's getting sucked in. It's like where do we go from there? I mean, all right, so now we have a picture of it. Now, like what's what's our do we want to catch up to a black hole? Is it possible to catch up to a black hole? Like this one I'm I'm assuming is very very far away. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, so I did read up a little bit about how they even came up with like getting to a point of taking a picture of a black hole. And 
So I believe there were six like major telescopes that they used around the world, right? Like observatories, I believe is it, that's what they're called, right? Observatories. Yes. And they, uh, and I believe they said they had like half of them facing at the center of the Milky Way because that's a supermassive black hole. Hmm. And then the other ones were sh- shooting towards this like black hole that's like light years and light years away from our own galaxy. But for some reason, that was like the other possible one to get a picture of at the time Mm -hmm. so they did that and then i I actually didn't even like read any of the articles so i have no clue if the black hole that they took a picture of was the second one or if that's the one at the center of our milky way yeah because i'm just i'm just really curious like because i i'm i like you i'm very fascinated with space and just space travel and how far we can go and what is there to discover out there. Like, I'm ready for, you know, 500 years down the line, 1,000 years down the line when we're, you know, doing interstellar travel and traveling across galaxies. Man, I want that day so bad. I just want us to be able to explore and study everything that's out there, like black holes, like other galaxies, and just... uh, If... You couldn't tell. I'm a firm believer that we are not alone in this universe. Like there are there are other beings out there, other civilizations. Well, we it's just... hard. It's hard to believe that we are. Oh yeah, there's there's no like... way. There's no way. Anyone who says that we are the only ones in this universe are incredibly naive and should or incredibly not religious. should not be let outside. Just keep <laughs> them in. Keep them all in there. That well, sounds awful, but. I, I'm sorry, but not sorry. Well, it's it's either incredibly naive or incredibly religious, right? You know, because I've... I've even met plenty of religious people that also, you know, agree that we can't be the only ones. I mean, even, even they have the good sense to know that there's no way all of that is out there and we are the only ones. Well, do you think we're the only intelligent life? There is no way of knowing... Like, I don't think we are because I believe that you know, aliens have visited here. It, it has happened. There's there, there's so much evidence that's been swept under the rug and you can call it conspiracies or whatever because that's what they want you to call them is conspiracies or whatever. Some of them are BS, but uh, they have definitely come here. So they are intelligent. They're, that is without a doubt intelligent life out there that are not us. Well, my argument to it for people who think that we're, we are the only ones. And look, if it's a religious belief, okay, I get it. You, you think God, you know, made it all for us, but he just put people on earth. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. That can be that can be your your opinion, right? Your reasoning. But for those who say that they would believe we're the only ones and they're not religious, it's like, okay, well, you're talking about let's 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 scale this back a little bit. Let's scale it back. You're you're talking about, okay, so there are trillions, trillions of stars in our galaxy, right? Trillions. Mm-hmm. And we know that like 90% of those stars have planets that revolve around that star. Okay. So and our system alone has eight planets. So now you're talking about, so if we take the average, and let's just say the average star has three planets, right? Mm -hmm. So you're talking about a trillion stars, 
in one galaxy, those trillion stars, 90% of them have at least three planets going around it. And then as far as habitability goes, as far as the planet being in the habitable zone, that is very rare, you know, on a cosmic scale, at least very rare, but it's not impossible as we obviously know. Mm -hmm. So even if you say 1% of those planets, of those trillions of stars, of those trillions of planets are in the habitable zone, okay, fine. So now you're talking about life probably exists on there. Now yep. let's talk about intelligent life, right? Because the way that scientists would describe it is life could just be organisms, right? If they find organ little tiny microscopic organisms on that planet, well yep. then it's, you know, that's alien life. But let's talk about intelligent life. So I could argue that let's say point zero there's a point zero zero one percent chance that the one percent of those planets, those trillions of planets, mm -hmm. have intelligent life on there. That's still a good handful of fucking, you know, planets that oh, can yeah. have intelligent life. So now let's scale it big again. And we're, we just spoke about our galaxy. And there are billions, billions of, galaxies. of galaxies That's why in the known universe. This known is exactly universe. why it is incredibly naive to think that we are alone in the universe. It's, it's incredibly naive, especially because we can't make assumptions about things we don't know. And I love that religious people love to, you know, when they're super religious, they believe God that created they're just for us and everything. And they think we're alone in the universe. I just think that's, that's incredibly dumb since there are a lot of things about religion that we are very naive about, but they accept, um, you know, almost blindly, you know, they've got all their readings and everything. I understand that. And I'm not sitting here trying to bash on religion. I'm just saying that, you know, there's a lot of things about the galaxy we don't know either. And just like there's a lot of things, you know, we don't know about um, thousands of years ago when, when Jesus Christ came and stuff. There's a lot of things we don't know. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to make assumptions about something you just absolutely have no idea about? Like we haven't explored even, you know, I don't think even a percent of <laughs> yeah. the universe. Like not even a percent. We're not even on the board yet. Um. I think other uh, civilizations, if they have come to Earth, probably just think we are way too primitive still. We still haven't fully developed. Yeah, but I mean, I would think that other intelligent life, if they saw humans, they would be able to understand that like, oh, they might still be super primitive, but they still have an understanding of you know, the, the a basic understanding. I understand, but if they logged into, which, you know, I'm sure is the first move when they get here, I think they presented themselves in, you know, way ancient times, Egyptian times and stuff like that. I think they would make visits and stuff, but it was because there was nothing really, um, nothing harmful they could, the human race could really do to them. You know, right. at that point, it's like they come here now, we freak out and it takes one country to be like nuke. And, you know, it's and I think they see that, too, especially because if they visited this earth, they've seen our televisions. They've seen our YouTube videos. I watched a YouTube video once of a guy who thought he was seeing a UFO. Right. Just a normal guy on the street. thought he was seeing a UFO and says shoot it down someone go get it shoot it down like his first thought wasn't like oh my gosh alien life so let's let's go 
investigate let's go talk to him or say no his first response was shoot him down and that's a lot of people's first response when they see (laughs) something in the sky they do not know yeah that's true Uh, like shoot it down it's like that's why they haven't made themselves um they haven't introduced themselves to the human race yet right it's because we got people like that in this world we're we're still too primitive do you think the government knows that alien life exists. Oh, just, absolutely. You think they do? Absolutely. Really? Yep. And they just keep it from the people the so that they don't panic? Oh, yeah. Why? Well, or like, right. or like, or I, I guess not why, because I guess I answered that question for myself, but like, how, like, why do you think the government knows though? Like, do you think because of Roswell? Right. Well, or no, you... here, so here it is. Um, I mean, you got plenty of documentaries and stuff, but this is the one that I think, you know, makes the best case. Uh, what's his name? Dr. Stephen Greer or something like that. But he worked in, I don't know, have you heard of this man? Uh, the I, name sounds familiar, but... But he's real big. He used to work, um, I don't think if it was on Area 51, but he worked in the secret bases where, you know, they well, kept... Well, what is, is he an astrophysicist? Is yeah, this... okay, so his background is... Um, uh, I think he's an engineer and astrophysicist, or maybe not an astrophysicist. No, his specialty is engineering, I believe. Um, okay. He works on like a lot of rockets and stuff. He has his own lab. But um, they finally got to do an interview with him recently. There was a movie made recently, and this guy's been very secretive through the years because he was like one of the first big whistleblowers. Okay. Um, and you know, and the baseline was is he had so much evidence for like what they showed him in there, and he worked on the ship. He said he was never like. There were separate teams, people that like special biologists and stuff that worked on the beings like that they discovered. He goes like, I saw pictures of like their insides and stuff, and he described them. He goes like, but we were allowed like pictures, like stuff from other people, the other team's files. But he specialized in looking at the ship and figuring out how it works. He and he sketched it all out. And this is um, just giving a shout out to Secure Team Ten because this is they've done many interviews with um this scientist who's um, secure team 10 uh that's um tyler he runs it um but it's a it's a youtube channel i follow um but they do a lot of um he's done a lot of interviews with him before the movie came out and i watched the movie and just the ev- going i'm getting a little rambly here but just the evidence that he provides um and he says he goes like i've been ridiculed and ridiculed time and time again for you know people calling me a liar and all this stuff and he goes but what reason did i have what did i have to gain from that well notoriety well notoriety but like he he wouldn't uh like for a long time he wouldn't show his face on the on tv but he finally did simply because he goes because uh they're they it's hard to get rid of me if i've shown my face to the public oh. says it's hard to get rid of me he goes that's the only reason i ever went on camera and he goes i didn't i didn't care about getting my face out there and he goes but i his main reason for doing so is because um for whistleblowing is he goes i just feel like this was stuff that shouldn't be kept from the people people should know and uh it was funny when they were making the documentary even um, he started talking about because they um, were asking him in the documentary if he like got any of this special fuel, which um, I, I'm blinking a lot on the details here, but he he discovered an element that they used uh, 
something to help fuel their ship or something. But and when he brought it up uh, years and years ago when he was first um, coming out about it in like the 80s, I think, um, they said like, oh, that element doesn't exist. Well, good, like 10 years later down the line, it was added to the periodic table. Element mm. did exist. And they were asking him on, in the documentary um, about like the element and stuff. And they were out in the woods. Their cell phones were on the ground. And he was like, they were videotaping, but he was like, this won't be shown for some time anyway. So they're videotaping and their phones were on the ground. They made sure like no one could hear them government wise and stuff. And they're talking about the element. And the next day, his lab got raided by the FBI. Ooh. Yeah. And they said like the like they made up some dumb BS about like suspicion of something or rather. And then they also there's evidence they tried to discredit him in every way when he first started whistleblowing. They destroyed all evidence of like his schooling and everything. Even though like if you dig like you'll find evidence he went to the schools he did and got the degrees he did. But they did so much to erase the paperwork and everything. Wow. Like there's just so much evidence. So really coming back to the matter now of <laughs> alien life and everything, it it is out there. Like I really believe that the government does know and, you know, they're just not telling us. And I also believe that, you know, there are certain presidents that they tell and certain ones they don't. Okay. What do you think depends on? Well, because I think uh, the first President Bush knew because he was head of the CIA and I feel like the head of CIA always knows about that stuff. I feel like he's briefed on that stuff. He's in that circle. Um, So, but then he became the president. So I feel like he already had prior knowledge of it. And I feel like um, it's people they can like trust to keep their mouth shut. Like, I don't think they would ever tell Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think, I think they told Obama because I think Obama's a guy that can keep his mouth shut. I think he's like some, but... And every time they questioned Obama about it, he was like always kind of weird about it. Is he? Just like avoiding the question stuff and like then making definitive statements and then making side remarks and stuff. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. There's that like is, clips you can find. That is always something that I found <clears throat> strange about people who, presidents specifically, who would be asked about like aliens or ufos or whatnot because i I think i remember obama was on conan or something like that but this was after he was president right so this Mm -hmm. was post presidency and same thing he was asked about it you know and just as you said it's like i mean maybe this is just me projecting what i think is happening onto obama but like there's a there's a weird sense of joking about it yeah that comes that's what I out mean. where there, it's almost like and it's always met the questions always met with hesitation first there's always a silence usually that's si- what i've learned from people over the years is that when people are iffy about answering a question when you ask the question they'll repeat the question to you first mm-hmm. right so if i go so if I go like uh, to somebody who let's say that I told you know I wanted to see if somebody like cleaned their room right mm-hmm. and they didn't clean their room but they didn't want to tell me that they didn't clean did their you clean room. your room hesitant. did I clean the room yeah I did clean the room yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or they'll literally ask it again like like they didn't hear it right they'll be like like 
like what? Like, oh, I did I clean my room? You know, and then (laughs) they'll go on and answer it. And I feel like that's what you get from a lot of, at least a lot of the clips I've seen of people that they suspect knew about the aliens or secret stuff like that. You Mm -hmm. know, and I think Obama did the same thing. I could be wrong about this, guys. I haven't like looked it up in a while, but I think Obama did that too, where he was just like, oh yeah, and it was a big thing if you watch the the Netflix documentary on. unacknowledged uh-huh. but that was a really good one um you know with a lot of people that were like whistleblowers who it came out about who had worked like it was you know a convention of people um and uh, you know one of the spokesmen talking but anyway in that documentary um they really talk about how it was a defense thing by the government let's make it a huge joke mm-hmm. he's like when there was like a big debate about like the phoenix lights years ago they had like a press conference at the White House and one of like the the congressmen or something like that came in in like an alien costume and they're like, oh, we got him, guys. And it's like they make it into a big joke, but they're trying so hard to make it a joke. Yeah. It's like, why? Why are they trying so hard to make it a joke? Why aren't they even entertaining the idea? That's right. the questionable thing. It's because they don't want them to know that they already entertained the idea. They're already doing a lot about it and they already know about it. Right. It's like that's... That's the interesting part is like if you look, they try so hard to discredit it. And I like that recently there's been more footage coming out, you know, and I know Fox News doesn't get a lot of credit. But Tucker Tucker Carlson um, reported about like uh, this Air Force guy who shared a video of something years ago in like 2005 mm-hmm. of a UFO they captured. And you could see it with like their special camera like following it along. It was like Tic Tac shaped. And it was just like going super fast they said they couldn't even keep up with it like and then they lost it um but the footage came out and tucker carlson i like that you know it was like an actual like news anchor you know that was like why aren't we talking about this it's like i feel like we need to seriously open up the discussion of alien life and this was like just a few years ago like he really wanted to like look into it more and was like why are we not ta- talking more about this yeah because like, they try so hard to discredit anything that's ufo and be like oh it's a joke i was gonna it's, say it's a laughable matter because they want people to laugh at it they don't want people to pay attention to it what i was gonna say that is something about tucker carlson right like that's been like something he's been very adamant about yes yeah, like, that, that story to, came out he's like why are we not having a serious discussion about life outside of this earth and you know life coming to visit here without us knowing so do you think that even if it causes panic that people should know about it or and know that it exists see that and there's there's the big question is you know should we know about it you know there like if i if i found out about it in life you know i'd just be like oh knew it all right cool can we finally move on Right. Can we finally move forward now? that's Thomas. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The majority of the world, I don't think they're ready for it. I feel like there are certain ways we're trying to like ease people into the idea. Like if you notice movies that used to come out, you know, 10, 20 years ago um, and further, it was all about aliens coming to this planet and invading and destroying everyone. Mm-hmm. What have movies been about lately? Anytime they have alien life, it's about us knowing like, oh, they're nice. They're oh, let's make amends with them. Let's um, let's be friends, you know. So I really feel like there's like something like in Hollywood, some kind of influence, something happening where like they're slowly trying to get pe- people associating the idea of like alien visitors as not a bad thing. 
like i feel like they're really trying to eradicate that because you know at first it was like fear it we don't want you to like even think about it. don't even entertain the idea of aliens coming here like let's make it a joke let's make it a fear thing um but now it's like you see all the movies that come out about aliens it's all about like oh they're good aliens and then there are bad aliens too they show both sides of coin like oh they're just like us every movie that comes out now so i mean but then so that would imply that the fbi or cia or whoever has this under wraps is like having a hand in hollywood you never know I think yeah. the government's reach is a lot further than people like to even entertain. Right. You know, and I'm not even a conspiracy type person. I'm not a big like, oh, hate the government thing. I really don't care. I just live here and do what I can to get by. But it's it's really like, again, people, people tend to be really naive right now. I feel like we're still evolving as people and we're still trying to like think for ourselves more and some people do it and some people don't unfortunately the majority is clear and i think we really need to understand that the government has a much bigger hold on us like look government runs everything government runs the world right where can you go where the government can't get a hold of you in some way shape or form not just the american government. every government everywhere's got a government Mm -hmm. and the places that don't it's chaotic right right so how do we live without this giant hold on us and then unless we can live without the giant hold on us which clearly we can't right you know and again that goes back to why i think aliens haven't really presented themselves to us yet because look at what we are right now do you think government is a very primitive idea that will evolve past at some point i think it will definitely evolve past i think it is primitive in a lot of ways it's just we are not we are not able to handle without a government yet we haven't reached that point we as a society really need to start getting a lot smarter yeah we really have to well some people would argue that it's the government that's dumbing people down right and in a way it is because you know the government enforces restrictions especially like if you ever saw that movie tomorrowland i thought it was i thought it was a wonderful concept because it's a world without government so without restrictions just a bunch of inventors inventing to invent Mm-hmm. And coming up with innovative ideas and sharing things, not for money or currency, but just because they want to. It's like, and things as they showed in the movie developed to a very futuristic point. And I feel like we could do that easily if we didn't have so many restrictions on what we can do. You know, and a lot of that money, money is drafted by the government. And that was created long, long, long time ago. And it's but the like, government is also the ones that make sure that makes sure there's repercussions for doing things like killing people or mm-hmm. raping people or oh yeah, and then you got laws and stuff in place too. That's why I mean I feel like at one point we can evolve to a point where we're just you know we're not we're not as inclined to act that way anymore. Like right. that comes with intelligence. Really, like you're gonna have like those tendencies and stuff. You'll never completely eliminate violence, but somehow I feel like we'll eventually come to a point where we'll be able to handle it right when it does happen. And then two, it won't happen nearly as often as it does now. Well, I think that war always needs to happen, but what I do think is possible to happen one day once we be, we become an, like an interplanetary species, right? Mm-hmm is you have like a planet that's designated 
for war, right? Yeah. So if there's a nation, so let's say Earth, right? People are an interplanetary species, right? Mm-hmm. So now, so then let's say America has an issue with Russia and one has declared war on the other. Mm-hmm. Well, in a single planet society, you fight on your home soil, right? right? You know, somebody's invading somebody else, whatever it is. But now you're able to take that discrepancy and say, to all right, well, planet. let's go to war, you know, planet war. Yeah. And, you know, fight it all out there. Then yeah. whoever wins gets whatever, you know, we need from the other person. Yeah. And that's the other side of the coin, too. Like, I believe, like, if we never evolved to that point where we get rid of government, we're able to do with ourselves, which, you know, it's honestly more unlikely that we'll get to that point because because it is so prominent but i hope that it does evolve to a point where we got a better handle on things yeah. like yeah like you said it would be a lot better if like you got to fight a war might as well go do it somewhere where wars are fought yeah, <laughs> like, exactly stop stop destroying don't don't shit where you eat pretty much you know yeah exactly <laughs> You know, and and one day perhaps we can get to that point. But, you know, I just, but like you said, I mean, it, it takes intelligence. And unfortunately, we live in a world right now where where either people are just downright dumb mm-hmm. or there are people out there who think they're intelligent but really don't know shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, like those are a lot of the issues that I have with people who are super religious. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are super religious. I, I respect them. I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it it's hard f- for me to take somebody seriously who's like, oh, I believe in science and I, yeah. be- I believe I'm an intelligent person and I believe to do this. It's like, okay, but but then you're you're believing something you're believing in magic yeah my you know? my problem when it comes to that is um contradicting yourself mm-hmm. um and we had this discussion the other day uh, mm-hmm. briefly about you know you know if if god is all loving and all forgiving then you know but then you believe that he punishes people for certain things and it's like and yeah it's just it's the contradiction of these well, things. well that be- it's like i have no problem if you want to believe in that i totally am open like i've told you like believe in everything or believe in nothing because anything could really be right it's like we have really no way of knowing but if you start con- like if you have a belief like make sure it's a solid belief and you're not contradicting yourself everywhere otherwise you know like you said that's when people start coming off as unintelligent well and, and that's just it it's believe in religion but you can't deny the science is mm-hmm. where it comes down to you know yeah. you you can't sit there and say like oh i I believe, you know, I believe in God and evolution is yeah. bullshit. I, well, we, we I always know tell people if you're going to believe in religion, then you got to believe in, you know, like all right, so Christianity, you know, cuz just cuz I know more about that than any other religion is just look look at the Bible and the crazy things that happen in the Bible. If you're going to believe all of that, then why can't you believe something else that you think is crazy is true? Because a lot of people, you know, it goes back and forth. One side thinks the other one's crazy and they go back and forth. But it's like, why can't you just accept that you believe in those things, mm-hmm. but don't contradict someone else because you think their idea is crazy when so many people think the vice versa, you know? Uh, so that, that's where I stand on that argument. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just mean, like everyone basically live in peace because, you know, everyone's going to believe in something and it's our right to have discussions and disagreements. Like 
thing a lot of things get solved by that but don't sit here and hate the other one or think they're you know a strange or weird for believing one thing because they probably think something you believe is weird and strange you know yeah exactly well, and it's like, and like, Let's get said, on common ground, people. Yeah, well, and like you said, if you're going to believe in something, fine, but I have shit to back it up, you know? It's like there, there are people I know who are super religious, and there are some that I know that are very, I don't want to say unintelligent, but just like they're not willing to believe in the stuff that's already been proven. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But then I have other people who are super religious to where, they they do have an explanation for everything and i can respect that to an extent you know you say like oh well what do you think about this oh well this is this because god made it this way because of this and this and this okay fine there's your theory like mm-hmm. whatever at, at least you have a reason for it yeah you know but uh, you but people who are just driven by blind faith alone which is what religion is it's like, okay, that's great, but you're you're being driven by a blind faith in a world where facts and evidence matters. Yeah. You know, and you have to be able to recognize that that's the world you're living in regardless of what you believe in. Yeah. But I don't know. I didn't mean to take this to a religious place. No, but. I think bottom line is you need to be open to everything because at the end of the day, we have absolutely zero clue what happens to us when we die. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. Nobody does. Nothing is supported. So believe in everything or believe in nothing, but don't hate the other guy because, you know, they believe something different. It's like everyone's going to believe something different because we don't know anything. Right. It's like it's, it's we still live in this blank canvas that is our minds, you know, it's. We don't really know anything for sure. We don't know why we're here or why we get up every day and do the things we do. We just do them. Mm -hmm. So just accept that everyone lives the same way and move on. Do you think personally that, and I I obviously know the answer to this because you're my brother and we've talked about this many times, but do you, what do you think happens after death? In your own opinion, do you do you think we just rot in the ground and we just don't exist anymore and that is that? Or do you think our consciousness carries on? You know, I've toured with a lot of beliefs, especially just like you growing up Catholic, you know, and, you know, you hear a lot of things. But like I just said, no one really knows anything. So as far as belief goes, I do believe that we all have spirit and energy. And I believe that that spirit and energy doesn't die with our bodies. I believe that it leaves and goes somewhere. Where that is, I don't know. But are we able to experience... Because, like, for example, right now, you and I are very conscious. I believe that the consciousness is still there. Okay. In some way, shape, or form, I believe it's still there. Um, I feel like we're just in these physical forms right now, you know? But, like, where we go, where that energy goes and where that spirit goes, I have no idea. But I do believe like, you know, I just, it's just very hard and very dark to live with the idea that, you know, when we die, we're just a blank shell, like not, we didn't exist. It's like, no, because I have, I have all of this. It's like, it has to go somewhere, right you know, and we've already proven that people emit energy. We are made of energy, you know, and I always go back to the amazing study that was done where they took a man's blood and separated it by like 50 miles from him. Yeah. And when they did something um, to like his DNA to his DNA. Yeah. When, th- yeah, I should say that they took his DNA and they, they spread it 50 miles away and whatever they did to the guy or the DNA, 
they saw an instant reaction like instantly there was no delay it is the fastest like signal ever sent Mm -hmm. from the dna to the body right like they noticed that like the dna in the man sitting in a room 50 miles away was still affected the same exact way as the dna 50 miles away so we are made of energy this is true there is something that we're emitting um that we give off and so this is also explains like why it's you can sense tension in a room you can sense when people are off or something well, like that's because we give off an energy. Well, and especially with family. Because, oh, yeah. Because the thing about... Twins, brothers, yeah. Well, and that's just it. Because the thing about DNA is that's the whole thing. You're, you're, you know, your parents hand down their DNA to, to create you, mm-hmm. right? So it, it adds validity to where if somebody that you know that you're related to dies... And you say something like, I feel like a part of me has died. Well, that's because it does. Yeah. Because like you and I, for instance, who are made up of the same DNA and you and I are, are full blood brothers mm-hmm. to where like, you know, and like, I can't think of any specific examples, but there have definitely been points in your and I's life where we've been very far away from each other, but we've both yeah you on, just kind of on you this, get like you get a, a sense feeling. of it yeah. yeah and it's and then you see it even like that's why you see it so strong with twins because they have identical dna so they can be on in separate on separate sides of the earth and if something bad happens to one the other one like gets a feeling and that's just like that transfer of energy but what's just so incredible about it is it transfers in no time at all they have z- they have no clue how that energy is going without a delay it's mm-hmm. it happened at the same exact time mm-hmm. they're happening at the same exact time so it's like if we have that kind of complex energy and, and you know spirit or whatever you want to call it inside of us like it's got to go somewhere and it's like, and at the end of the day, I really don't know that like we would be conscious or whatever where that spirit goes. Like I said, as far as my belief goes, I believe that we carry on in some way, shape, or form. But right. as beyond that, I have no details. That's why I I'm very open to every you know belief and idea because any of them can be true. Honestly, mm-hmm. you know the Bible could be a hundred percent true. I really don't know. Yeah, and and I feel like. And the problem I have is that other people just can't admit that they don't know. Yeah. They say, no, I know. And I'm like, no, but we, none of us really know. Right. None of us do know, but I know. And I'm like, uh-huh. all right. And that's where I get frustrated with people. And the thing is too, if there is a God, is he really going to blame you for, you know, living with the belief of, well, I just don't know. So he whatever. made me with an imagination and with a, a complex mind. So if God did create me, then he created me this way. And I think he would want us to question things and really explore our, our purpose because I believe he, if he did put us here, it was to find purpose. It mm-hmm. wasn't because he had a purpose for us. I think he wanted us to find purpose. It's like, so ask questions, question everything, choose a belief if you want. And it really doesn't matter, but just find something while you're here and you have this life right you know use it and don't be a dick yeah life's too short man i've (laughs) i've been a dick i've been an asshole to people it's you know and then then you always get that feeling afterwards you're just like man life is too short like just i and i i really i've been trying to like just live a little more carefree 
not let things bother me so much, you know, because really it, it does you no good at the end of the I, day. That is definitely something I struggle with also. And for those who have been following, you know, the, the whole three vlog videos I have, I even talk about it a little bit in there. Whereas like, I am definitely somebody who like, I'll take petty shit and take it to heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I even spoke about this on the... We had a pod, I don't know if you've listened to it yet, but we had a podcast where we talked about if words matter, Mm -hmm. right? And at the end of the day, I was asked by Justin, sorry for those who have already listened to it, and this is reiteration, but Justin asked me, he goes, you know, know, yes or no, do words matter to, you know, Matt and I? And I had to say no, because logically I know, like, you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, words can never hurt me, right? Yeah. But... Personally, though, I am somebody where words do really bother me. You yeah. know, tone of voice can bother me sometimes. Yeah. I, I can mistake an intent behind somebody. If somebody calls me a bad name that I don't like, I that can really get to me. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't, but it does, yep. you know. And uh, so when it comes down to like, but then you also have to remember there, whether it's, God that you believe in that put us here and created us or whether you believe it, it we're just a product of evolution from, you know, microorganisms. We were, we evolved to feel every feeling that we have. There's a purpose on why we're able to feel those. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So like if you feel angry, well, you shouldn't be angry all the time, but there's a reason why we have the ability to be angry. There's a reason why we have the yeah, ability well, no, to we're, be Yeah, we're emotional beings. Yeah. And here's my my advice to like everyone out there and something, you know, I I too struggle with in my own life. Um, but I think it's sound advice, you know, because a lot of people bring up they go, "Yeah, but there's just so many like jerks and stuff in the world." And, you know, I, I have trouble like containing myself or whatever, you know, whether you're getting sad or depressed or angry, but here's the thing that I've started doing and, you know, and it's hard to do, but it's, it's for your betterment is like when you come across people, if they don't bring anything into your life, nothing worthwhile, nothing, no joy, they'll motivate you. They don't do it. If someone doesn't do anything for you, you Cut ties with that person. You don't need that person in your life. We got to be able to do that. Yeah. There's so many people on this planet. You're going to meet so many other people and people that will better your life. But we keep these people around that do irritate us. And then people that like if we work with them and we're stuck with them there and we got to see them every day and they irritate us, just don't talk to them. Don't associate with them. Don't give them a reason to have that interaction with you. Yeah, that's definitely – We that's... really got to just – really get better about you know surrounding ourselves with things that make us happy or we enjoy or people that motivate us and bring us up well and i i think a big issue with that that people need to understand and this kind of goes off of the conversation of like we live in a day and age of where everybody's you know depressed or has anxiety now uh which was always there we're just now bringing attention to it and it's becoming a trend thing yes yeah. but like but my but my point and the reason why because so i agree i i think it was always there mm-hmm. but i think so first of all i think there are depression anxiety are real things that mm-hmm. people can suffer from but the clinical mental illness of depression oh, and yeah. the clinical mental illness of anxiety making it a diagnosis yeah though 
those exist, but they're rare. Most of the time when people are like, oh, I suffer from depression. No, you fucking don't. You're sad and your doctor's trying to sell pills. So you have pills for it now. It's not true. Um, because, you know, we've, me and you have both, we know that we've gone through like depression periods and stuff. But I never felt the need like I had to go to a doctor. I needed to make changes in my life. I had to sit there and look at myself. And a lot of people just have trouble bringing themselves up. And if they have other people there, you know, coddling them, telling them, oh, it'll be okay, then they're going to rely on that. And then they're still going to feel sad and stuff because they're not doing anything for themselves. You know, it's all about you got to bring yourself up. I'm a big advocate in self-help you know we all have the power to change our mind change our way of thinking we just have to have the will to focus on it and really um, commit to making big steps in our life to bring more joy and happiness well and i agree and and that and that goes off of my point too of where there's a reason why we're some like able to feel these types of things you have to look at them as indicators okay i'm depressed i'm going through a depression period why why am i going through a depression period now if now and then once you recognize okay i'm in a depression and you're asking yourself why then you make the steps that you need to to be like okay well this person says i won't be depressing more if i do this so let me try this let me try this now if you've tried everything you've gone out there you've been more social you've done this you've done that and for whatever reason there's just this fucking rain cloud that's over you okay at that point maybe try to figure out what's going on but i, I know so many people who sit there and say like Oh, I suffer from depression. And then the rest of the conversation will be them complaining about, you know, they still live with their parents and their parents are assholes and their parents stress them out. Or like, I have this boyfriend who's always like being verbally abusive or doing this or whatever (laughs) it is. And it's like, so you don't think that maybe you're suffering from depression, anxiety because you're in these situations that you literally have full control over to change, mm-hmm. you know, but then what happens? There's an excuse for everything. As to that, that's my big it. thing. That's when it becomes hopeless is like when the people that will find an excuse for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I always believe everyone should try and be, you know, logical thinkers. And really, if someone suggests something to me, no matter how weird or crazy it sounds, especially because I've been coached my whole life through Mm -hmm. gymnastics and now in circus, like I'm constantly being coached and given advice on different things. And you really have to be willing to take any advice someone gives you, think it over, you know, try anything out because you never know what's going to work or what's going to be good for you. So, and a big problem people have is like, you tell them, like I, I see people all the time that ask me like, Oh, how do I get in shape and stuff? And I always tell them, you know, it's little things every day that, really make a big difference Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with um working through like depression or anything it's just little things you do every day to try and like bring yourself up it's not about like always doing like big things going out more and stuff do little things that make you happy that bring some joy you might have to think about it you might have to really contemplate what is it like and then if you don't know then that's when the trying phase comes and you keep Mm -hmm. trying things. But going back to what you said, yes, people come up with 
every excuse in the book not to help themselves if they really don't want the help. And the thing is, it's like, and I think a lot of them, you know, the reason why they'll bring up their depression and anxiety and stuff like that is on a base level for attention, right? You know, even if they don't know they're doing it for attention. And so then it gets to this point to where, well, eventually so many people are going to give you advice and you're just not going to take any of that advice and people are just going to be done feeling sorry for you about it. So then then you're really going to be depressed because now this attention that you were getting, you're no longer getting. And I, I tell people all the time, I go, if you're going through depression, instead of going to the doctor first who and we have proof of this mm-hmm. we have evidence and proof that doctors get stipends mm-hmm. when they oh, suggest yeah. certain pills yeah so why would you go to a doctor to get a pill from who he probably gets extra money if he gives you the pill anyway and now it's super easy because quote unquote everybody has depression and I always tell people, I go, one of the first things you should do when you realize you have depression, you're ready to get it fixed, you've asked why, maybe you can't figure it out, is the people that you do love and the people that you trust, ask them for help. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, a few years ago, when I was going through a big depression period that lasted a few years, you know, and you remember this, what happened? One day you got a text from me, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a long text of me just saying a basic, you know, I'm depressed and I have anxiety. I need fucking help, right? Yeah, because sometimes know? you, sometimes it's as easy as you just need someone to talk to and air it out. Um, keeping things in is never good. I've been there, done that, and it never comes out well. Right. Um, but you were, so, oh man, I lost my train of thought for a minute. You really, what was I saying? You oh, gotta, I, I was talking, you were talking about how like if you hold things in. Yeah, yeah. Like if, good. And then I said how I asked you for help when I was like depressed. Yeah, everything. okay. So that's what I was going to say is the people that go like, oh, well, I just can't help. I just can't ask for help or like it's just so hard for me and stuff. It's like, all right then, but I'm I'm sorry, but that's where the, the toughness comes in. It's like if you are not willing to get your butt up, if you are not suffering enough to where you can't pick yourself off the couch and like go and talk to someone, then that's on you. That falls on you. That's mm-hmm. being lazy and not wanting it bad enough. Yes. Like if you really want to feel better, then you'll make steps, take steps to get better. Exactly. And that's what bothers me mm-hmm. the most about but people then the, is they, they don't want to be depressed, mm-hmm. but they're not willing. But the only steps they're willing to take is to take a pill. Yeah. But then they take the pill and they don't change anything about their lives or how they live it. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, it, it's almost a placebo effect in a way where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, the pill is probably like doing a little something to lift their mood, releasing endorphins, something like that. you know but they take the pill and then they don't really do anything different with their lives they're just they're hanging out with people because they feel better but it's like if you hung out those people you probably would start feeling better yeah it's like it just it just gave you the you were like oh well i feel like hanging out now it's like when if i get stoned like i feel like doing a lot of things that you know i right well, but. no, well, no, and I and I agree with you. Like, I was at a point to where, like, when when I was going through my depression period, a big cause of it, I believe, was 
one, I was working a job where I wasn't making a lot of money, right? En- enough to get by, but not a lot of money. So mm-hmm. th- there was the first one, right? You had financial stress. I didn't have a car at the time. And I, and I worked from home, which means I was stuck in an apartment all day for, you know, and if it wasn't the apartment, it was, you know, where, wherever I was living, but I was stuck there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, while everybody was at work or whatever it was, I had nothing. And it wasn't until... That I finally decided uh, it's my only job now, but at the time it was a second job for me on top of this work from home job where I was like, okay, I'm going to go out and get a job. And I got this job as being a barista Mm -hmm. and already, you know, my mood lifted because now I was getting social interaction every day from people. Yeah. You know, and like people don't understand that social interaction is super fucking important, guys. If you're sitting at home with the same fucking people all the fucking time, you're going to get depressed. You're going to get irritable. All of those are going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. Like We are social beings and we need to socialize. And when you're not socializing, well, you're not doing yourself any favors. (laughs) Yeah, like. Look at all the studies have been done in the past. I'm sure everyone scrolled through Facebook and found one of those studies where like, oh, a person locked away for so many years without any interaction and stuff. And looks look what happens to them. You know, mm-hmm. people need social interaction. People need touch. People need, you know, what we, we crave it. Yeah. You know. Even if you don't know you're craving it, you crave it. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> like, and then people get irritable and like, but. And they're like, I don't want to be around anyone, you know, like you got those people yeah. that are like, I don't, I don't I want anyone. Yeah. I want to just be by myself all the time. I'm happy that way. It's like, and I, I never, the most people. yeah, they're like the most depressed people. Those are the guys that like shut themselves away and drink uh, liquor for whatever reason. And they justify it however they need to. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they're not in a good place. They're miserable. They do not live good lives. Yeah. It's like, even if they've convinced themselves that they're happy that way, like, Look at their lives. They're not. Yeah, I, I'm in a complete agreement with you. It just, it just comes down to if if you think you're suffering from depression and anxiety before you go to a doctor to get a fucking pill. Yeah. Like really try to better yourself. You yeah. Know? Don't just go I like mean, oh. I must need to smoke some weed. Like, no, like go out, interact with people, go out and do something like, yeah, stop turning to substances just to, well, a lot of the times when you meet those people who say I suffer from depression and anxiety, I I always see a trend. Well, you're not in shape. Mm -hmm. You're overweight. It's like, okay, well, we already know that if this is, this is fact, this is not opinion. Yeah. We already know that like the stuff that makes you fat, the junk food and the fast food. And these people aren't overeating healthy food. They're overeating junk food. We already know that those literally have, uh, they fuck with the neurons in your head and your brain and will make you fucking depressed and shit because it's releasing dopamine. So now you constantly need this junk food or fast food to get that dopamine. You get addicted to sugar essentially, right? We know that exercising fact Exercising improves mood. Yep. Improves cognizance. It, it improves so much things. So before you sit there and just say, well, I'm depressed. I need a pill. Well, are, are you overweight? Maybe you should try losing weight first. Are you, you exercising? Yeah, look, have Maybe you, you found one overweight first? person who dropped a bunch of weight and wasn't happy about it? Exactly. Have you met one? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it just goes along with people need to take charge of themselves. People yes. really need stop to stop pointing the blame to others. Yes, other look things. at what you're doing, and if so, if you're not happy, make a big change in your life. Mm-hmm. Just try it. But then if you go, oh, but like it's just hard where I'm at right now. It's really not hard. It just takes a lot of courage. Yes. And you got to be ready to, you know, trudge through the mud before you can get to the green grass on the other side. That's the big thing people have a problem with, I think, mm-hmm. is is the trudge through the mud, the the hard stuff. You know, um, I, I wasn't happy where I was here in Arizona and I... The drop of the hat, I moved to South Carolina and I joined the circus. The first opportunity I had, I didn't know anything about this job. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how I was going to like her, how I was going to be there, but I knew it was something different. And to get me out of the rut I was in, right. I needed to make a huge change. I dropped out of school and I, I joined the circus. Mm-hmm. That's the truth, folks. Yeah. I get, and dude, Sometimes you just got to do it. We're, we're at time here, but on a final note, I'll just say uh, – piggybacking off of what Thomas just said here. If you ever were curious if people actually ran away and joined the circus, the they, they do. do. <laughs> I'm sitting right across from somebody who did just that. Dropped everything. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for doing a podcast with me today. Oh, I, was, I was pumped to be here again with you. Yeah, uh, Thomas is here for a few more days, so you guys may uh, hear him again. But if not, you know, it, you'll definitely hear him sometime again down the line. Um, thank you guys so much for listening today. Uh, again, I apologize that the audio is a little funky for this particular podcast. Like I said, I had to make uh, the podcast mobile again for the next uh, week, actually. It's uh, going to be like this. But don't worry, I'll make... I'll make uh, changes as I go here. Um, But remember, you can like us on all the social media platforms, yada, yada, yada. Remember, we have a Patreon. That is www.patreon.com forward slash hardly millennial. You can go on there, donate some money. It could be a penny. It could be $600. You know, follow your heart. I just want you all to be happy, but I want to be happy too. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Any final thoughts, Thomas? Oh, that was very interesting how you just kept getting a little quieter. Thank you. I, I, felt weird. Like, I felt like it was more intimate that way. Yeah, it looked pretty intense here, guys. It really did. I'm glad you got to experience that with yeah. me, Thomas. But no, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was uh, happy to be here. Um, I'll, I'll hopefully talk with you guys again soon. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs>